Welcome to our show where we feature real-life conversations with entrepreneurs around the world. I'm your host, Rebecca Palmer, and this is My EntreLife. Each week we will dive into topics that matter to you, the entrepreneur. This is your EntreLife too, so we explore all aspects of it, from health and personal development to growing your business globally. Visit MyEntreLife.com for info on past and future episodes. We're here with Daniel Geffen of the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast. Thank you, Daniel, for joining us. Thank you very much, Rebecca, for having me. Yes. So you have had the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast for a number of years. Mm -hmm. And you also are behind the Geffen Media Group and working on Podbooker. Yes, Podbooker. That's correct. Podbooker.com coming soon. Ah, I can't wait to hear more about it. Give me the quick 10 second hook for it. Uh, for Podbooker, okay, so basically <coughs> it is the first platform that will allow podcast guests to find podcast hosts and podcast hosts to find podcast guests. Um, and they'll be able to uh, basically reach out to the to each other on the platform um, there'll be a search algorithm so they could type in keywords to find the right shows and the right guests um, and they'll also be uh, you'll be able to have your profile on there so that a host doesn't need to go and start searching you know google for for all your information it's all in one place uh, and a whole lot of other very cool features that we're currently working on building out Oh, lo I love that. Uh, I think that will be very, very handy because I know when I'm looking for podcast guests, I'm looking to expand my network beyond what it already is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I know that you've been doing a lot of podcasts and you've had some really amazing guests on. And I wanted to ask you a little bit about that. Um, and I'm totally going out of order on all my questions here. I have such great questions for you, but I want to hear everything. So what I want to know first is with all the people you've interviewed, and you've interviewed Jeff Hoffman, um, who I also have met um, through Gen Network, and you've also interviewed Neil Patel and Vern Harnish. Who was your favorite guest out of everybody that you've interviewed? That's a really tough one. Um, I'm going to give you an answer that I just got by asking the same question to the chief rabbi of Israel, mm -hmm. Rav Lau. <clears throat> he met uh, the queen of England. He sat with her for, uh, I think it was like three hours or something like that. I had a whole conversation with the queen of England. He sat with Fidel Castro uh, from Cuba and he sat with him for four hours um, he sat, he met, uh, Barack Obama, president Donald Trump, um, you name it. Look, he's met with all different presidents, prime ministers, Queens, right. Uh, and so I asked him the same question you just asked me, which was of all the people that you've met, you know, who, who you're most inspired by, like who was the best person that you spoke to? And he surprised me with his answer. He said, that is a really stupid question. <laughs> I was shocked. I was like, whoa, okay, oops. He's like, 
what is it with people who are fascinated with the best, the best, the biggest? Nobody's the best. You take from everybody something else. That's the, the goal. When you meet someone, it's not about who's going to be the best person that you meet or who's got the biggest, who's got the most amount of money or who's the most inspiring or who's got, you know, the biggest following. It's what can I take, what can I learn from this person? And I really like that. I like that answer because it, it, it's so true. It's all about, you know, taking from every situation you have something like growing from every situation. So, so to answer your question from the chief rabbi of Israel, um, Every single person who I've interviewed has, has given something, learned something from them. Um, you know, when I had Russell Brunson on my show, that was huge for me because, you know, this was somebody who was charging at the time quarter of a million dollars to speak on stage, okay? To have, you know, a one-on-one -on -one with him, uh, he charges, I think it's $10,000 to have um, uh, lunch, I think it's like you sit with him for lunch, you take him out to lunch and he charges $10,000 just, just to sit for lunch, right? And it has to be in his hometown. So to get him on my show and to speak to him for an hour and not pay anything was, it was like incredible just because I had a podcast show, which by the way, shows you the power of podcasts. And by the way, today, uh, if you look, Russell now charges half a million dollars to speak on stage, uh, not quarter of a million. He's doubled his rate. Uh, but that to me was just absolutely mind blowing. Um, there, there were so many people that I had on my show who I had read their books, um, many years ago. And, you know, it's like, it's like meeting someone that you, you know, when you, when you, when you watch them on move on, on TV or when you, when you, you know, read their books and suddenly you're able to have a conversation with them, it's, it's like a dream come true. Uh, people like Jay Abraham, who, who was, you know, a legend in the, in the marketing space. And I read all of his books. Um, you know, Tom Bilyeu, who runs, uh, Quest, uh, it's, he's a co-founder of Quest Nutrition, uh, and he has his own show and I was obsessed with his show. I'd watch it every single day. And then when I finally like got to have him on my show, it was like, wow, I can't believe I'm speaking to Tom. Uh, <coughs> um, but it's important not to idolize people. That's something that I've also learned. It's, it's really easy to get into the whole like, oh my God, like there's no way I could speak to this person. There's no way I'm going to ever be able to. And it's like, like, don't, don't, a, don't put them on a pedestal because only statues are meant for pedestals. And B, don't make yourself so small because you're bigger than you think you are. You know, that was an absolutely amazing answer to that question. And I do, I do so agree with you that it's not about someone being the best or the most famous. It's about what everybody brings to the conversation. And I've had conversations with powerful people i've had conversations with my next door neighbor and it's the insights that each person brings to the conversation it's those things that you don't know about so now i want to know a little bit about you um so think back to when you were 13 and i know you have an interesting story from high school but before you got to high school Tell me a little bit about yourself, uh, what your aspirations were before high school, before you ended up going into that next spot where you're in detention all the time. 
Um, so, so you're talking about preteens, pre basically. Yes. Pre the preteen world. I have very blurry memories about my 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 growing, you know, my younger years. Um, I just have a bad memory in, in general. Um, I was um, curious as a, I guess, like any kid, really, just curious, always wanting to learn more, always trying to. Uh, find a different way like if you know if someone told me go left I would I would go right just because right um, and I, I was also very um, persistent and very stubborn as a child I remember that like I remember being in a in a forest with with my parents and we, we were in the middle of nowhere and I just suddenly had this this urge to have some chocolate and I don't know how old I was. I think I was around five or six. Um, but I, I just started telling my, my mother, like, you know, I want chocolate. And she said, well, we don't have any chocolate, you know, and she gave me other options. And I said, no, I want chocolate. I want chocolate. And I just started singing this song over and over again for an hour straight. I want chocolate. 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 I want. And my, <laughs> my mom just went nuts. And she's like, all right. <laughs> We'll get you chocolate, and so um, we had to <coughs> we had to leave the forest. Uh, and my, I remember my mom and dad just like frantically driving around, trying to find like some store that had uh, chocolate somewhere, you know. And and we're Jewish as well, so we eat kosher. So we had to find a kosher store, which is even harder to find. So we got to find kosher chocolate don't ask. Uh, but in the end, I got my chocolate, you know, I got my chocolate and there it was. And so persistence pays. That was like one of the first lessons I learned as a child was persistence pays. If you keep, you keep at it, you keep going and you stay focused on your goal, uh, you'll get it. Even though you'll drive people crazy along the way, sometimes, mm -hmm. um, you can't please everybody. <laughs> now, do you still like chocolate today? No, I'm sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> actually it depends sometimes i'm in the mood it depends sometimes sometimes but i in general no not so much <laughs> so let's go into high school oh okay we're still good here for some reason something beeped weird but that often happens on podcasts uh, we get unexpected things so we keep persevering <laughs> through them so let's go into your story with High school detention. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah not not my favorite place to go. Um, it's all high school chocolate, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, no, the, the high school detention really was just more a matter of me uh, really wanting to express myself freely, um, <clears throat> and you know, I, I, by nature, I'm very creative and um, expressive. You know, I, I, I enjoy speaking, I enjoy, uh, you know, and, and, and also as, as a teenager, I, I craved attention, I craved it. Uh, and so I would get attention in any way I can, even if it meant getting, you know, in trouble for it. And in fact, my schoolmates would encourage it. You know, they, they, they loved it because there was, you know, I, I would create drama in the classroom because to me, the classroom was boring. Right. So I, I would sit there in the classroom and I would be bored. The teacher would be boring. And what she's teaching me is boring. And so I need to change this environment into 
a more dramatic environment. And so I would create the drama. Um, yeah, so today you've got Netflix, but, but in those days you had Daniel Geffen <laughs> in the club. Um, <laughs> and I would literally uh, get on tables and do all sorts of stupid things. Uh, by the way, just a side note, I, any teacher that I have met later on in life, I have apologized to them and asked them for forgiveness, genuinely, because I felt bad. Uh, but obviously, as a teenager, you you don't really care about anybody else. You're just you're just thinking about yourself, and you're just thinking about getting a good laugh from from the people in the classroom, right? <clears throat> and the problem was two things. Number one is I would always get into into trouble, detention. Uh, but number two, which was worse, <clears throat> was the realization that my classmates weren't actually laughing with me; they were laughing at me. <clears throat> and <clears throat> and essentially they i i became their puppet you know i became kind of like the puppet on the strings and and uh i i, I realized that i was just basically put show uh for everybody else but i was the one getting in trouble for it um and so it was it was attention but it was toxic attention it wasn't good attention there's there's good attention and there's bad attention um and obviously, as I as I grew older and uh, you know and, and matured, I, I realized the difference between healthy and unhealthy attention, essentially. Is there anything that you would suggest for schools or for education to make the classroom friendlier for someone like you who was creative and who needed attention? Yeah, there's a lot of things that schools can do differently. Um, I mean, the first thing I would say is people are different by nature. We, we're different. The fact that school, the school system hasn't evolved like everything else has is astounding to me. You look around 50 years ago, communication has changed. Uh, travel has evolved. Um, you know, also, you know, the way you, the way you cook, the way you, it's everything, right? Everything has changed. But the school system, the education system, is still, uh, you know, in 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 the in the you know in, in the in the dinosaur age. Nothing's changed. Um, so the first thing is is recognizing that that everybody's different. There are different children. There are some children who are who are who have a high IQ. They are book smart. They are, you know, they can ace a test without even studying. Right? I, I used to hate those people. They were just like, they just aced the test. They didn't even have to do anything. They were the smarty pants, the goody two shoes. And then you've got street smart. This is really important because for those of you listening, um, I, I think there's a lot of people who, who will be hearing this, who will relate to this. Um, when I was in school, I actually thought I was dumb. I genuinely thought I was dumb. A, because the students called me dumb. B, because my teachers called me dumb. <laughs> and, th and C, because I would get bad grades. And so that was proof that I was dumb. I was stupid. Um, as, I've, as I've grown up and I've matured and I've, and I've had a lot of self-awareness and I've, I've also accomplished a lot in my life so far, um, I've had to prove to myself that I'm not dumb. I'm actually quite bright. And, and in some areas, specific areas, I, I, I excel exceedingly above 
the average person. And I would even say this, and I'm not saying this from an ego standpoint, because I believe this about everybody, not just myself, but I believe that there is certain areas of your life that you are a genius in that, in that area. You are a genius in that area, but you have to discover what that is. I, I have found my, my zone of genius. I've, I've discovered my zone of genius. And in that zone of genius, I would say, I don't think there is any single person in my class that could outshine me in that zone of genius. They can't touch me there. But I was a dumb D grade student when it came to academics, when it came to actually having to memorize information and then repeat it back in a test, I failed. And that's cruel in a way because for a system to, you know, essentially make a person feel that they're, they're just useless. I felt useless. I felt I can't do this. Uh, it's a lie. And it's, uh, it's, I felt imprisoned in a way. Uh, looking back, it was, it was a terrible, just a terrible <clears throat> period of my life. Those are absolutely great insights, and I have my own stories there as well. Um, I've been parenting for two and a half decades, and I have four kids. I'm not sure if you knew that or not, but no, I through the course of two and a half decades of parenting, it's went from when I was in school and the focus on the grades to now we're finally starting to see a thing or maybe it's just me and the people in my network but i'm starting to see more and more where we're putting or at least myself as i raise my children i'm making sure that they know that it's not the grades that are important it's are they learning are they interested are they engaged and also encouraging them and really to believe in themselves and their skills that are not necessarily academic because some people are meant to be academic. Some people are meant to study. Some people are meant to be more of a curicle uh, or cubicle person or someone to work, uh, to conform and work that traditional life where there's other people who are very creative and they're the ones that are innovating and making change happen. And both of those things are great things because we all have our own skills. But now we're reaching a point, I find, where we're finally understanding that a little bit. Our education system still needs to catch up, but we are starting to understand that our kids and ourselves, we each have our own individual skills. Yep, 100%. Yeah, yeah so... I would like to know a little bit more about what was your aha moment that got you from being in detention all the time to going to the next level? What made you decide to seek the path you decided to seek in life? Um, so I think, I think like any aha moments that we have in, in life, usually we're not looking for them they usually find us um and i'm a very big believer in really just taking the right next steps um and then when you least expect it that's when suddenly a door opens up 
totally from left field that you didn't expect it and suddenly that's when you usually we we find our aha moments um that come and and so for me that the aha moment in terms of you know discovering my the zone of genius and and figuring out the difference between you know healthy expression and unhealthy expression uh really came about through um me going into the business and and building up a, a successful business um and getting a phone call four years ago where someone said to me daniel um, I heard you've got a really interesting story about how you you built up your company and then you outsourced it to one of your competitors and you actually ran it out of a hotel lobby. And there was a whole thing there. There was a whole story there. Um, Sounds like one so, here. <laughs> well, it's, I, I actually wrote it in my book. I, I wrote a book called, Self, yeah, it's called The Self-Help Addict. Um, and that book is all about self-help addiction and it, it goes through my whole journey. Uh, and part of that story is uh, essentially that whole, you know, what happened with the business and how, how that all unfolded. Um, but this person who was calling me said to me, I'd love to have you on my podcast. You know, just like, uh, you know, with, with us, you know, Rebecca, you, you invited me onto your podcast. Uh, so this guy was the first person to ever invite me onto, onto a podcast. And at the time, I had no idea what a podcast was. Uh, to me, it was like, what, what does that even mean? What's a podcast? So he explained to me what a podcast was. And I thought, wow, that's really cool. I've never done anything like that. You know, I've never done radio or, or, or anything close to radio. Uh, remember, my, my stage was the classroom. So there was maybe 20, 30 people in our classroom. And that was my stage. And so <clears throat> to be <coughs> invited, <coughs> excuse me, um, onto someone's you know digital radio station that was very cool so there i was in my pajamas uh in my house in israel i live in israel and uh what's what's incredible is you know israel is this is this tiny tiny speck on the map it's this tiny tiny country it's the size i think it's smaller than new jersey state of new jersey right the whole country is smaller than the state of new jersey just to give you context of how how small it is and there I am uh, with a, you know, literally a headset and sitting in my room and I just shared my story, just like I'm doing now uh, on this podcast. I was you know, just sharing my story. And what, what I found fascinating was I loved it. I enjoyed it so much. I enjoyed speaking. I enjoyed sharing my journey and sharing my story and sharing the insights that I've learned along the way. Uh, but what was amazing for me was at the end when the host said, you know, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, you know, that was, that was great. Thank you so much. I then said to him, I said, well, you know, how many people were listening? I was interested, you know. Now, if you would have told me 50 people, I would have been impressed. You know, if you would have told me 100 people, I would have been, wow, that's amazing, right? But he told me over 1,000 people were listening to the, to, to the show. And I almost fell off my chair. I'm like, a thousand people? I've never spoken to anywhere close to that amount of people. Where are they all? Because I'm, you know, I'm, you know, when you're going on a podcast, you, you, you're literally, uh, you know, in front of a microphone or you're wearing a headset and you could be staring at a wall like I am right now. I'm literally staring at a wall right now. I don't know who I'm talking to, right? 
And then he tells me where these people were listening. You know, you can, because as a host, you can look at the, you know, the countries and he starts listing countries, right? America, Canada, Africa, China, Japan, you know, Germany, you know, Australia, England, France. I was like, what? That's nuts. I was like, are you kidding me? You're telling me that I'm sitting here in Israel, this tiny, tiny country uh, in my pajamas, uh, you know, with a headset on and I'm talking to over a thousand people all over the world. That was my aha moment. That's when I realized that I, that, that, that through the power of podcasts, the platform, this has become my platform. Podcasting has become my platform. Through the power of podcasts, I'm able to, 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 to share my story and share my message and speak to people all over the world. That was, that was incredible. And that was my aha moment. And that's what changed uh, my whole sort of direction of where I was going. I started my own podcast show, uh, grew it to over a quarter of a million downloads, interviewed some of the most incredible people uh, that I've, you know, that I've, like I said before, that I've you know, either read about or, you know, uh, followed on on social media or just watch their uh you know youtube videos and just got to have incredible conversations with them um and it also got me on a whole journey of then going as a guest on podcast shows because i realized that to be able to go on somebody else's show and leverage the audience that they've built and to be able to share with their audience and then grow my own audience. Uh, that's how I ended up starting my company, Geffen Media Group, which is where we help other people to get on top-rated podcasts. Because um, I believe that podcasting right now is, is the most efficient and effective and most powerful way to grow your audience and become an authority in your space uh, in today's world. Uh, and I'm sure that our listeners are just absolutely loving this because I'm entranced. Um, I just want to keep listening to your story. Uh, it's one of the reasons I started my podcast because I wanted to hear real stories from real entrepreneurs. And that's why it's called My Entre Life because it's also your entre life. And I love that this is what you have fallen into. Uh, myself, it started with Blab. Do you remember Blab? Blab? Blab.im. It was basically oh, like podcasts. Oh, really? I didn't know. Yes. Uh, so I used to run a video podcast. And <coughs> it was amazing. Just different people that you would end up speaking with. And that is really what has led me here. And also the need for us to hear stories from people around the world and to hear females as well. Uh, we have tons of podcasters out there. It's nice to see a few more females coming on as well. So mm -hmm. I like the fact that I can give a voice to females in the podcasting scene. So I want to know a little bit more about you. And my final question for you is, what are you most excited about or most passionate about right now? Right now. <laughs> right now. And it might be chocolate. I don't know. <laughs> right. In this second, it's like I'm excited about 
reaching a whole new audience and being able to share, you know, myself with other people. It's really, as I said before, it's like fascinating to be able to, to really, I'm just astounded that you could literally be anywhere in the world and you can reach out to, to somebody right now who's listening in China or in Belgium or in France or wherever it is in the world. Uh, to me, that's what, that's what, that's what gets me really fired up and really excited. Um, and I, I really believe that anybody who is not taking advantage of this incredible platform and just getting out there and, you know, just coming out of their shell, coming out of your shell and sharing your stories and sharing your messages. You don't know who you can affect. You have no idea who you can impact. Um, it, it, it absolutely astounds me at the amount of impact a person can have by sharing their story and you don't know who's going to be affected by it. Uh, I'll give you an example. So I had a guy called Toph. Evans on my show. Um, this was about a year ago. And he came on and he was talking about how uh, at one point in his life, he was severely, severely depressed uh, to a point where he was suicidal. And he had locked himself up in his bedroom and didn't leave for a whole week. He was in bed. He literally didn't leave, didn't see the light of day. Uh, and obviously his friends were very concerned and one of his friends came over and came into, came into his room and said, Toph, you know, you've got to get out of bed. This is really, really not good. Um, it's just so unhealthy. You've got to just at least come out for like a little run. Let's just go for a run for like 10 minutes. And Toph said, there's absolutely no way I'm going for a run. Like I could barely move. I don't care. You know, I don't want to know. And his friend was very, very um, um, persistent, right? And he said, look, I'm not moving from here unless you come for a run with me just for 10 minutes. And so after about an hour of his friend just literally standing there waiting, Toph said, all right, fine. Like, you know, it, I'll make a deal with you. I'll come for a run for, for 10 minutes as long as you promise to leave me alone. Like afterwards, don't come back. Leave me alone. That's it. And he said, deal. So they went out, they went for a run. And when they came back, Toe felt completely different. Something changed. He's like, I don't know what, what happened. I feel alive. I, I, I don't know. Let's do another run tomorrow for 10 minutes. So they went running every day for 10 minutes. And 10 minutes turned into 30 minutes. And 30 minutes turned into an hour. And an hour turned into half a marathon. And half a marathon turned into a marathon. And a marathon turned into an ultra marathon up Mount Everest, only one of a hundred people in the world to ever achieve that. And then he became an extreme athlete, raising money for charity. He's done a 24 hour uh, treadmill run. He's done a 12 hour swim. Um, he's now a, a, a published author. He wrote a book and he's a podcast host as well. And he's speaking on stages. Totally blew me away. Totally blew me away. And of course, there's a whole audience out there that is listening to this, to this episode. And I get an email from someone, from one of those people that were listening. And the email said the following. He said, Daniel, I want to thank you because I have been suicidal and I've been contemplating to take my life. And I stumbled upon your episode with Toph Evans. 
And his story inspired me so much that I started running and it has helped me. And now I am, I want to be like him and I want to write a book and I want to start my own podcast show. And Rebecca today, today he has his own podcast show and he's written his own book and you never know who you're going to affect. It gives shivers, absolute shivers. Um, I've given talks on mental health myself about my own history and I've had people come up after these talks and just say, Rebecca, thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. And it just, it, it gives you those shivers, those chills in your spine, because you know, at that moment, you have directly impacted someone. You don't know how it has affected them, but you have made an impact by sharing your story and by sharing your vulnerability. So thank you very much for sharing that story with us. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the problem is so many people think that their story doesn't matter, but it does. Because it does. to somebody, some to somebody your story is incredibly inspiring even though you may not think even though you may not think so but the more you tell it the more surprised you'll be at how many people come and say wow i'm so touched and you're like really well i didn't think it was that big of a deal so i'll tell you a quick story before we end um one of my biggest aha moments was actually from um something i misheard or a mistake and that's how much a story can impact people because it may, it's what you're hearing. It may not even be exactly what's related to you. But for me, I was sitting in an audience at a huge event, watching this woman on stage talking about her baby. And it made me think, why am I not doing this? Why am I not up on stage? Why am I not planning an event? Why am I not reaching higher? Because if she has a baby and can do it, why can't I? Now, here's the interesting thing. The baby she was talking about was a dog. Yeah, that's but, funny. But because I heard what I needed to hear at that moment, I heard she has a baby and she's doing that stuff. That gave me the strength and the power to say, okay, I need to take this to the next level. I am fully capable of doing it. And it allowed me to believe in myself, which is something I feel we really need. And it's something that sharing our stories through podcasts and other methods, it really can. <coughs> so thank you, Daniel, for joining us today on my Entre life. Do you have any parting words? Ah, the, part, the parting words. Um, <laughs> I would say um, that if, if you feel that you have a, a message that you want to express, and what I mean by that is, is if you have this burning desire to really go out and inspire and impact people, and not, not everybody does, by the way. There, there's plenty of people who will be more than happy to spend the rest of their life sitting behind a desk, you know, doing their thing or driving a truck or waiting on tables or running a restaurant. Like, and they're all amazing. Everybody's amazing. Everybody's doing what they're doing. But then there are those individuals <clears throat> who have a burning desire to get out there 
and to and to inspire others and to impact people through their stories and through their messages. And if you're one of those people, then I highly, highly urge you to just start getting out there by, by getting on some podcasts. Don't go for some big, big podcasts that, you know, just go on the smaller podcasts, start making, make a goal for yourself. Say, I'm going to, if you haven't been on a podcast yet, your goal should be, I'm going to get myself booked on a podcast. That's the first goal. I'm going to get booked on a podcast. And all the questions that you have in your head about what am I going to talk about? Am I even like, who am I to speak on a podcast? They're all just, <clears throat> they're all the voices of your, of your haters or your non-believers. And they're just reflections of maybe people who have, who have told you you're not good enough. And I would just ignore those voices and just go for it. Just go on that show and, and just start sharing your story. Start sharing your messages. If one person gets impacted by it, then it's worth it. Even if that one person is you. Perfect. So thank you again for joining us, Daniel. And audience, you can find Daniel at the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast and watch out for the Podbooker platform coming soon because I'm really excited about that. So thank you for joining us and tune in next time to My Entre Life. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of My Entre Life, where we hear real stories from real entrepreneurs telling you about their entre life. I'm your host, Rebecca Palmer of EntreLaunch, and you can find us at EntreLaunch.org on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. That's all for now. We'll see you next time. Thank you.